This portion has so many incredible parallels to every man's spiritual journey. And I felt that it was important to bring up the idea of the test, because just about every individual that attempts to connect to the Creator and have an authentic relationship with the Creator will often go through a series of tests that that, um, sometimes leave you scratching your head going, why am I having to go through this right now? And especially if you begin to study the works of, of, um, of the sages of blessed memory who teach us that tests should be an indicator that something needs to be improved or fixed. But sometimes that's not the case. That's not what needs to be fixed or improved. There's something within the test that will refine you. There's something in the test that will cause you to uh, discover a new level of your ability. But ultimately, test builds one very important part of your character, your midot, and that is betachon, trust in God. You just develop a, 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 just an amazing ability to trust the Creator. Uh, I would like for Ms. Lowe to read to, uh, from verse, ch- chapter 12, verse 1 through uh, 3 first. Or up to four. Shem said to Abram, Go for yourself from your land, from your relatives, and from your father's house, to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse, and all the families of the earth shall bless themselves by you. Wow, what what a sale! What 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 a uh, what a great presentation that the Creator of the universe came to Abraham and he sold him on a deal. It's like that's a deal that everybody would love to have, right? I'll bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. As a matter of fact, every person in the nation. Not only that, but I want to make you great. I want to make your your family and your descendants great. But every person in the nations, they will be blessed because of you. They they will bless themselves because of you meaning that they will look at your example and improve their life. You're going to affect everyone. And you think, sign me up for that. I want to do that. What Hashem didn't tell him was all of the little dirty details, right? That you're going to go to a place that you don't know, right? You're going to uh, search for me. Uh, you're going to struggle with having your own children when you've been given a promise of, of having uh, the children like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky, you're going to have to come to me and ask me, how can I bear children? How can I be, have great descendants if I don't have a child and my wife can't bear a child? All of these things become great tests. The ethics of the fathers speak of ten tests that Abraham had. Now there's a, a bit of a split on that. Maimonides uh, has a list that he will um, bring down. And then there is um, Rabbi Ovadia of Bertinoro. Um, he has got a list that's a little bit different, and we'll kind of go through those lists. And the, 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 Really, the debate is this. Is Maimonides' uh, ten tests that he lists uh, really doesn't delve into too much of the Midrash, mostly does, deals with the Torah text itself. Where, on the other hand, Rav, um, uh, 
me look at the name again. Mavadia uh, is uh, dealing with some of the Midrashic sources. So the first test, thanks, appreciate it. That's all right. Uh, the first one, uh, the first thing that we learn is God says to Abraham, leave. Lech lacha, leave for yourself. It's an interesting concept, but he's telling Abraham, for your own good, you need to get out of town. You need to get away from family, from friends, from the, your father's home. I mean, it's, it's a pretty difficult thing. You know, they said that one of the most stressful things a person will do in their life is when they leave their family and they have to locate far away someplace. That's a very stressful thing. And then say you leave your family and you, you have a major life transition. You get married or you have additional children, those produce a tremendous amount of stress on a family. It's a test. And no doubt that this was a test. These people at the time were like any other Middle Eastern families, very tight-knit, very uh, strong people. He's asked Abraham to leave not only his family, but to become an instant stranger wherever he goes. Nobody's going to know him. It's a pretty serious text. Then the test. The next one is immediately after his arrival to the promised land, what does what is he met with? What is he met with? Famine. So God says, I'm going to take you to this great land. It's going to be inheritance for your people. But God didn't tell him that when he gets there, there's nothing to eat. Right? It's like gave him an, an old uh, an old piece of property that didn't that wasn't doing too good. Now we understand why the land was not prospering. The land was not prospering and quote and quote flowing with milk and honey because mitzvahs had not been done on the land yet. And Abraham is going to, once he gets established and his people are there, then it will begin to prosper and some amazing things are going to take place. The next on the list is number three, and that is the Egyptians who basically captured his beloved wife. Uh, he had to lie so the Egyptians wouldn't take and kill him. And he said, Basically, he did this uh, knowing that if he didn't do it, more than likely this beautiful woman was going to be kept by them and that they would have killed him. Now, it's interesting that they all came down with some nasty affliction during that time. And it says that um, sages of blessed memory say that Sarah's great uh, modesty and beauty uh, was truly deeper than skin. It was deep down. She was a very modest and holy woman. And so every time this Egyptian would try to touch her, uh, his condition even became more inflamed and even more people. So he automatically knew there's something very unique. And that's why I asked uh, Abraham, what's the deal here? Talk, tell me what's happening. And he finally told him. And then when they left, they left what? Richer than they did when they went into Egypt. I mean, he left with cattle, extra servants and plenty of money. And Hagar, yeah, yes, he did. And that which is uh, the, the guy's sister, I think, right? Pharaoh's sister. And so uh, this is when there's another test that takes place, and it is uh, Lot and his increasing desire to get more wealth. And so that created a problem. So let's look at test number four. Abraham faces incredible odds in battle. We talked about this last week, uh, last class. Talking about who do you who uh, know what you're fighting for? Um, then number five, may, uh, he marries Hagar after not being able to have children. God had given him a promise that you're going to have a child, have children, and so I guess Sarah decided she would help 
Abraham out and convince him that this is a good idea. Uh, once again, a test, a major test. Um, number six, God tells him to circumcise himself at an advanced age. Now, that is a major test. Next, uh, the king of Gerar captures Sarah. This is another time and intend to take her uh, for himself. That is a major test on Abraham's character. God tells him to send Hagar away after having children. Can you imagine all of the, I mean, after one thing after another, there's always something. Have you ever felt like in your life there's always just, there's always something going on? Like, can I ever get in the clear on any of these things? And the, the, the real truth of the, of the matter is, if you don't have troubles or tests in one area, you're going to have it in another, period. And let's say that you don't have a single test. There are going to be people around you that will have the test that you have to deal with. Does that make sense? You're always going to have tests, so we need to accept that. Um, and I'm moving through the list fairly uh, quickly because I do want to get into the core matter of the test and what Rebbe Nachman says, what Ralph Cook has to say about it, etc. Um, then after he sends uh, Ishmael away with his mom, we then have, um, uh, but this is number nine, he, uh, his son and Ishmael becomes estranged. And then last, the last test is he tells him to sacrifice Isaac upon an altar. Very, very traumatic. Now, the second list by Rabbi Ovadia is it's a little different, so I'll read it out. First, there's the test that is found in the Midrashic material where Abraham is, is tested by fire. Remember where uh, Nimrod is going to throw him into the furnace. The second one is God tells him to leave his homeland to be a stranger of Canaan. We knew that one. Immediately after uh, the, the promised land is the famine, uh, the Egyptian wife. So it looks like that he follows. Well, he adds number six is he is told by God that his children will be strangers in a strange land. So after being told all of these great and glorious things, then you're going to find out this comes at a price. What do we learn uh, about these tests? We learned that the Zadikim or Zadik is always going to be tested. So the first thing you need to do is look at yourself and go, oh, well then Hashem's trying to make me a Zadik then, right? Because if you don't have any tests, if he doesn't do anything to challenge you, then it's probably knowing that you just should be right where you're at and we shouldn't bother this person because they've reached their maximal, maximum capacity. Um, so the tests are about the same here. Number seven, he circumcised himself at the advanced age. Um, the king of Gerar captures Sarah. Uh, verse 9, God tells him to send uh, Hagar away uh, with Ishmael. And then 10, Abraham is told to sacrifice his son on the altar, which is interesting because his son was old enough to beat his father up. He wasn't some little boy. He was like 32 years old when this happened. So he was well capable of, of defending himself, but he also showed the great character of his son. Now, remember the text that we read in the beginning where God says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and curse those who curse you, etc., etc. And then we jump ahead to Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter, verse 2, and the Torah reminds the, um, the people of God, it says, remember the entire path along which the Lord your God led you for 40 years in the desert. And here's the statement. He sent hardship to test you. He sent hardship to test you. 
those who have been raised in other religious circles are often told that tests come from Hasatan, the devil, right? The devil made me do it. That's the test. Well, Hashem might send uh, Hasatan to test you, but it's because Hashem sent him to test you. He, he's a servant of Hashem. And in this case, we know that, that everybody that is the descendant of Abraham is going to have to go through the test. I just was speaking to someone the other day who was lamenting the fact that the difficulties that they're having in their life, they had, they had several children, and um, they, they all are sort of B'nai Noach, they, they love God, and they, they've for a long time been on this journey, but just over the past couple of months have hit some major hiccups in their family life. Their children are getting older, some issues going on. And I, I, I wanted to let them know, because, they, because the first thing that the person asked me, what did I do wrong? How did I raise my child wrong? What, 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 what can I do to fix the problem? And I tried to explain to him the patriarchs had the same kind of issues. Every one of the patriarchs had the same kind of issue. And I said, what's beautiful about this is you know that you must be part of the people of God when you have to go through the same kind of test they go through. And that's the whole beauty of it, is we know that the test what is what gives you spiritual identity with the people of God. Because only a person who wants to escape the clutches of God's divine hand will not want the test. We would gladly welcome the test. It says also from the Rambam and uh, Radak argued about the purpose of a test in the Akita. Was not for Abraham to learn, uh, 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 sorry, it was not for Abraham to learn, but for the future adherents of the Abrahamic faith to learn, this sets a gold standard for others to try to follow. So the Rambam and Radik were having sort of a disagreement on this, and Rambam says, no, the reason why, it wasn't because Abraham needed to be tested, but his people needed to be able to look back and go, he had tests, and this is how he went through the test. It makes sense. It does make sense. But then Rav Cook goes further, arguing that Abraham was being tested in order to prove to pagan religions and monotheism can match the religious passion of pagan worship through the act of inward sacrifice without the need for savage, barbaric sacrifices. One is being tested in order to teach others through its example, which sort of follows along a little bit with that. It's possible that testing is much more complex than just a very simple Abraham needed to show his descendants what, what, how to handle the situation. I love what Rabbi Nachman says. He says, Rabbi Nachman takes us on in one step further, and he says, uh, we can understand tests in front of us and radically suggest that God is the test itself. That God is the test itself. Why? Because Hashem is hidden within the test. He's wanting you to find Him in the difficulty. That is the most beautiful and profound thing. I remember a book, um, Man's Search for Meaning, uh, by Viktor Frankl. If you've not ever read it, it's a fantastic book. Holocaust survivor, later became um, a psychotherapist. And he explained that survival in the concentration camp was most often not based on physical strength or wealth of political connections or religiosity. He said, rather, it is about the ability to construct meaning, construct meaning, 
the ability to make sense of the immense challenge placed before them. And he says, man is ultimately driven by search for meaning. We talked about how, we, and we were talking about the video before, that mankind's existence alone is not enough. Just to exist is not enough. You have to live life. You have to have meaning. And so what are these tests? The test first purpose is to help us realize that we are alive, that we're connected to Hashem, that we actually have some challenges. Every one of us in this room will go through or are currently going through tests, and we have to be able to find Hashem in the test. We have to look into this thing and say, okay, what is it about this test is going to draw me closer to God? And that's an important thing. I believe that ultimately the goal of the test, and I believe the sages of blessed memory would support this idea that the goal of the test is to develop a strong sense of trust in God. Abraham's language changes during this parsha. Abraham addresses God at one point, right after he prays, or matter of fact, when he prays for not having a child. And God gives him this great information. He then declares to God, My God. My God. It wasn't just creator of the universe. It wasn't master. It wasn't Lord, Adonai. But he, get, he says, My God, Elohim. He used the sacred name of God, meaning at some level, his level of trust in Amuna and connection to God through just the testing it had up to that point was enough to cause him to declare, that's my God. There's a big difference in, in that kind of wording because, you know, is God this great immense figure out that's so far and untouchable, or is God really your God? And God becomes your God when you've been tested and tried and found that God is always worthy to take care of us through our difficulties. Rabbi Nachman says this, he says, those with deep trust in God, are the origins of conception and birth. As it were, everything that is born in this world, all blessings that flow into it, everything comes about through trust. The way to develop trust is through listening to the stories of the Zadikim. Here's one of these stories. We develop trust with this. There are many people who sleep their days away. They need to be aroused. Remember when I told you, it says we need to be, it wakes us up, we help us arise, we're connected. Uh, aroused. And the way to arouse them is by showing them the radiance of the Torah. But because they are asleep, it could be damaging to exo- expose them to the full light of Torah too suddenly. They said, the king veil the wisdom of the Torah in stories, which have the power to arouse those who sleep. We love the old stories, uh, the uh, rabbinical stories of the Zadikim. And you don't know uh, how much of the story has an element of truth, but it teaches such a strong value. And what Rabbi Nachman is saying is a person who's lacking trust, that is so far asleep, that the best way to ease them into this connection to Hashem and sort of wake up is for them to start hearing the great stories of the, of the Zadikim. Um, why are tests important? He also goes on to say when you trust in God, and you look to Him alone for all your needs, a vessel is formed with which you can receive blessing. So part of the testing is to help you to develop a vessel. Notice that the tests that often come, and you'll note, look, there's, 
we have everyday events that take place in our life that are just normal trying events. But an event that is a test is, is something that is too powerful for you to do it by yourself. Right? If it was left up to your own ingenuity, you would pass. You'd go, mm, I can't do this. Somehow I have to have some inner strength that is deep. Rabbi Nachman says that when you're brought a test, it is to carve a vessel out so that God can fill it full of blessing, which is really beautiful. What you need will be sent to you as it is required of you. Interesting concept. If you're going through a test and we think, I don't understand why God doesn't fix this problem right now. Well, understand that he's going to fix what needs to be fixed now. So that means coming back to trust and say, you obviously know what you're doing, and I'm just going to trust you in this. He says there are higher, higher and higher levels of trust reaching into infinity. The greater a person's wisdom and understanding, the deeper his trust. The more trusting he is, the more generous he will be in giving charity. Charity is a gateway to perfecting trust. Why is that? Think about it. When you give your money away, uh, you're having to trust God that he's going to give you more money. So the idea is if you're wanting to, to strengthen your trust in Hashem and want to somehow circumvent the, the difficulties of the next trial or difficulty or test, then start giving charity and seeing, how, seeing what Hashem will do. Uh, number four, he says this. He says, besides trusting God, there is a trust to the other side. Now, what does he mean? He said, knowing that there is a trickster out there, from Proverbs 25, 19, it says, the making of, a, of marriage bond in holiness and purity causes the false trust to be broken like a piece of earthenware. This is the meaning of the custom of breaking a piece of earthenware in a marriage ceremony. So the idea is knowing that, uh, that there's always the other side that would attempt to sort of circumvent or to break your relationship with Hashem. It's to test that relationship, and it's incredible. To explain the concept of trust a little bit more fully, the essence of genuine trust is summed up in the words of the psalm. Trust in God and what? Do good. Psalm 37.3, one should never let oneself be diverted from the study of the Holy Torah, prayer, and devotion. A man should continue to serve God in confidence, with confidence, and knowing that God will, all him, will always send him what he needs. He knows the test that you need. He knows what improvements need to be done. But he's a father. He's a loving father. And he doesn't send you a test to destroy you. He sends you a test to improve you, to make improvements on yourself. Anyone with any amount of intelligence would say that, in general, life is improved because of testing. For some reason, in our postmodern society, we feel like that we deserve a pass that we shouldn't have to go through these. And, it's, and I think the reason why is everything's instant. You know, we can get on our phone and talk on the other side of the world. I mean, it's just amazing all the things that we can do. And so there's instant gratification in everything that we have. And therefore, the world has sort of gotten soft in the middle and doesn't think that we should have to go through difficulties. And what kind of God would send uh, difficulties your way? It seems like to be a mean God. But what God has done... It's created an environment to cause all of us to elevate ourselves and to survive in the world and to make it in the world and to connect to Him. And the ultimate connection with God is the absolute trusting of God. I'll close with this, uh, this short story that some of you have heard, but I, I want to 
tell it again. Uh, when my daughter was born with her congenital heart disease, um, we, we were delivered some really negative news uh, one day. I think it was right around Mother's Day, I think. It was devastating. I mean, devastating news. And I was just, I, have you ever been so shocked at what you heard that you were speechless? I was speechless. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I wasn't sad. I was numb, just absolutely numb. And I'm, I'm sure you guys have all had those feelings. And I rode the elevator down, and everything seemed to be silent, right? Noise, people are around, but I was so deep in my thought, everything, I can't explain, it was silent. And I walked around the back of the hospital, and I sat down on the curb. And while I was there, they had a lot of the children from Children's Hospital outside. And they were in wheelchairs, and they were you know, being assisted with their machinery that, that was with them. But they were getting some sun. And all I could do was moan. You know, I was like, ugh. Like, I couldn't even form the words asking God to help. I was so desperate. And it just came down to this one thing. I'm incapable of changing the situation. The doctors are telling me, you know, we're just going to wait and see what happens. They couldn't guarantee anything. So ultimately, at that point, I had no choice but to say, I, I trust you, God. Whatever you decide to do, I trust you. Those are the hardest words, but yes, the most liberating words ever spoken in my life. At the same time, that was so difficult to say because I didn't know what he was going to do. What, what did that mean? Did that mean my daughter was going to be born with uh, horrible uh, brain damage because of the accident and the surgery? Uh, or is she going to be born very, you know, have a very healthy, productive life? Or is she going to have a struggle for the rest of her life with heart disease? I, you didn't know. But I realized that it was so out of my control to sit there and try to figure out what to do was just a banal operation. It was just useless operation. And then to say, okay, I, I trust you. I trust you. And that was hard, and I cried. And then I realized how liberated it was because then I didn't have to carry that. I, cause I, we, tried, we carry these things in a test, and God doesn't expect you to carry that. He expects you to trust him and put your trust in him. And so in, in the conclusion of this, this lecture, why are, tests, why are tests so important? Test comes to improve our life and to draw us closer to Hashem. Why? Because God wants to be your God. He wants you to be able to say, my God. So that concludes the lecture. Who has any points that they would like to talk about or ponder or questions? Yes, sir. Right? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Right.